Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, Use the hashtag WFI projects on Instagram and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year, that's like a burrito. I love burritos. So much to talk about. Now, I've got. I've got drama. I've got two <laughs> different two different layers of drama, two different stories. Which one? Okay, I'll, I'll give you the, your choice. Uh, you can listen to the the, the fork truck drama. That's, <laughs> there's um, more there's, fork truck drama. Oh, oh, there's more, Brian. Oh, or, boy, I can't wait to hear that. Or or uh, knife handle drama. Ooh, yeah, I got both, and I'm planning on talking about both. If oh, we have of course, time. of course. But you pick. Let's do the knife handles. Let's get the knife handles out of the way. All right. Let me take a sip of my smoothie, and then I'll dive right into it. First and foremost, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever worked with ironwood before? Absolutely. I love ironwood. Okay. So, all right. I'm working with ironwood. I'm going to make a video that's going to piss off a lot of people. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And, um, okay, let me just, let's back up a sec. I'm working on these uh, knives that I plasma cut out of uh, old farrier rasps. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of that on Facebook oh my or Instagram? Yeah, of course. I'm actually looking at some of your Instagram posts on it now. It's it's really cool that uh, if you can let me uh, jump into it for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. So when I was just getting started knife making, still making what I call now my nano neck knives, but they're just little itty bitty knives because, you know, that's all I could really work on on a one by 30 at my skill yeah. level. Sure. Um, I had a um, knife maker in the thumb called Morris Knives let me into his shop for a day, which was really cool because that was before I knew that knife making could be a real career. So he allowed me into the shop, and his whole thing is taking farrier rasps and turning them into knives, and that's like his his signature is working with farrier rasps and other type of files. So to see you do the plasma cutter and like go dive into that is kind of you know a little bit like nostalgic to me. Yeah, well that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I was actually saw a bald man knife and tool Brent. He came by my shop mm-hmm. and uh, to pick up some quenching oil. That's another good story. I got I got uh, ten gallons of, I got five gallons of each. I got five gallons of AAA and five gallons of Parks, and okay. from Dubois Chemical, they they sent me that to try out and talk about or whatever. And then um, when the AAA got to me, the FedEx guy was freaking out because the, the container was leaking in his truck. Ooh. And he was like, I said, I'm not going to accept that delivery. Like, you got to take it back. He's like, I can't put this back in my truck. It's leaking all over my truck. 
Right. So I talked to Dubois and they said, you know, hey, we'll just send you another five gallons. So I quickly like offloaded a couple into like jugs just to have. <laughs> and then I don't need 10 gallons of AAA. So I told Brent that he could have whatever, however much he wanted. So anyway, he came by and picked it up. But he told me the story about um, this almost the exact same story you're telling me where he, he was sort of dabbling in knife making, right? He was like kind of just doing his thing. He had like a little fire pit where he was annealing steel and heat treating and, you know, with a hair dryer and just kind of <laughs> playing around, you know? Sure. And then uh, with forging. And then he went to another local maker shop and hung out for a weekend making knives and he was bit. Like he yeah. had to dive in and that's what kind of led him down the road where he is now he's a very talented knife maker and he just built a revolution he built one in my shop with me and and um and he's using it and he's like it's like a game changer for him because he was using a grizzly two by 72 for a while Mm -hmm. but those are kind of restrictive they don't have all the you know the horizontal tilting or forward reverse and all that jazz so he he wanted to be able to do all that so um anyway he came by picked up the oil but he told me the same story it was like somebody showed him their shop and said like hey this is what i do and then you know and he, you know he got full on into it so he's been doing that and having a great time so if you don't know bald man knife and tool go find him on instagram he's making some really cool stuff yeah and, i'm sure uh, we'll talk about fan. him a little bit more when we go on to the du- hashtag wfi projects because i i know that he's posting on that pretty regularly as well but yeah. continue go ahead and tell the rest of your story Okay, so making these knives out of farrier rasps. These, these rasps, rasps were sent to me uh, by a listener of the podcast and by uh, somebody who's followed me on Instagram. Basically, all my social media, his name is Dirk, and he's a gunsmith. And these farrier rasps, his father was a farrier. And um, I believe his father has passed on now, and he wanted these rasps to go to somebody that would do something with them. So he just sent them to me. He sends me things on the random sometimes. And, um, and he, so I'm making him a knife out of one of the rasps. And anyway, long story short is I, I figured out how, like I've thought, you know, Hey, we kind of need to like mix old tech, old technology with new technology, do the plasma cutter thing. I make the, the blanks totally stole the profile from uh justin uh miller florida man forge so mm-hmm. uh, and i know he listens to the podcast but it's i don't know if it's his or he said he kind of got inspired by uh pirate forge which it, all three of us are florida boys by the way so there's pirate <laughs> nice. forge and he's in he's on the east east coast like the northeast coast up by jacksonville i believe and then you got see um you've got justin miller and he's in ocala i think around that area and then you got me way down here. So you got the the, the Florida Triangle going on. Mm-hmm. And and the original prototype that I saw was from Justin, but I think Justin got inspiration from the Florida, or, you know, the other guy. Anyway, I'm getting all convoluted. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story because it's kind of like deep and ingrained. And anyway, so I love the profile. I saw the knife and I was like, man, Dirk would love that, you know, because it's it it has like a... Dirk is out in Arizona, I think, somewhere in a desert way out there. And it's kind of got that feel like it's, you know, farrier rasp mixed with like a kind of a hunter skinner almost vibe, you know. And uh, I've been working on them hard, you know, just trying to figure out how to work with the farrier's rasp. Because it's not like working with flat stock. It's there's a lot more texture and interesting things going on. They're insanely (laughs) hard. They are. I did manage to anneal these. 
in my kiln. So it was fairly simple to anneal them. Um, but here's a tip. Don't anneal them until after you've profiled the blades, if you can anyway. I mean, I know if they're hard, it's going to be tough to profile them. But mm-hmm. I tried to anneal them as full rasps, and they warped on me, like, big time. Like, they banana, pe- uh, like, potato mm-hmm. chipped, man. They were, like, uh, you know, very, um, very warped. I straightened them out. It's fine. I put them on the anvil. It's no big deal. But a little bit of a pain in the ass because they not only did they warp like a – like they curved, they twisted. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Because a warp, a warp that goes side to side, you can straighten out, you yeah. know, pretty easily. But a twist, a twist. is a real yeah. pain in the ass. Twist is a huge pain in the ass. So you know, you got to get out of like kind of like a vice situation and then twist yeah. them back. And yeah, it was a huge at pain that point, ass. you might as well just start over. Well, yeah, and these were given to me by Dirk, so I didn't really want to do that. So I really wanted to make sure that I used these rasps because they were his father's. But um, oh, I didn't realize the sentimentality of it. Yeah, there was yes, exactly. So you know, it's a it's a ten dollar rasp, you know, but it's but still, still, it's, it's kind of like you know your first dollar or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where it gets stolen out of. All right, oh. never. We'll go. No, I'll go into that in a second. All right, so. Yep. <laughs> um, Anyway, I'm making the knives. Things are going progressing well. And uh, I had been gifted uh, from a local guy here some red mangrove driftwood, which is really interesting wood, but it's punky. You know, it's got like soft spots in it. Mm. And I stabilized it for four days for this project. Yeah, four days in stabilization because it just kept soaking up you know, whatever right. was, you know, you could see the air bubbles coming out. So I was like, you know, this stuff needs it. Bake it, do the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, I got these like two really nice pieces of mangrove that uh, red mangrove. So when you, when you're done polishing it, it's got almost like a rusty, like interesting worm holes in it, like all kinds of stuff. Uh, very rare wood. As I was, shaping the second half so i got done with the first half of this knife scale Mm -hmm. drilled the holes for the loveless bolts because i'm using loveless bolts on this uh and got it all done and profiled i went to chamfer it and i'm using a chamfering bit on a router uh table just to kind of run you know take the edge off take the corners off and it catches and flings it across the room mm. and snaps it in half. Oh. Like just rips it apart. Like just uh. blow it probably probably ripped it apart at, at the router level and then just when it hit the table saw it just like exploded into a million pieces. So fuck that thing. I'm so yep. sick of it now. I'm just like it's like oh okay and one half of it is like perfect, right? Uh. So and so the reason now, why I say have you ever worked with ironwood is because ironwood was my backup for this. Yeah. So now I'm now, using ironwood. You said that half of it is okay. I mean, I know asymmetrical handles are kind of ugly, but you can kind of make it work. I've done a couple knives where I've done, you know, yeah, a, a really cool, you know, uh, you know, epoxy uh, wood on one side and um, G10 on the other or carbon fiber. You know, you can kind of play with, you know, doing different scales on each side so maybe you know if you have one half that's still good it might still be worth putting together maybe i you know that's a good point i i think i am gonna just do the ironwood thing on both sides i you know i just i have a thing with symmetry and yeah 
I really like it. So, but the good news is, is I can use the old, the the good one as a template. So I don't have to like sure. reshape everything um, again by hand and all that. But Ironwood is, uh, this is why I say that I'm going to make a video that's going to piss everybody off, right? So uh, when I went to cut the first piece of Ironwood off of this block, I got this block for $10 at Blade Show. Like if you go to Blade Show, like Blade, um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there to buy, but handle materials, you know, champion there. It's like so for much sure. of it. You can buy, you can pick, and- you know. Being able to like handle it in person before, yes. yeah, that's that's key right there. Yeah, because you're looking at a shelf with like 200 blocks of ironwood on it, and it says ten dollars over it. So you get to Ooh. like dig through, you know, and just find what you want. So nice. I found a really cool piece of ironwood, and I had never worked with it before. This is my first time, and hence the name ironwood. I figured, you know, well, it probably is very hard because you can feel it. it's dense, like it's dense, dense material. Hell. Yeah, it's very heavy. So uh, I thought, thought, well, I'll put it in my table saw to cut mm. it. And and I did, and it cut okay. Okay. But the table saw struggled with it and mm. then kind of, you know, kind of got smoky or whatever. And when I pulled the piece off, it definitely was not the same thickness from one end to end. Yeah. You know, because it like it just shifted a little in the, I have a sled where I can just put stuff like that and cut things. So it's safe, safe, as safe as it can get cutting ironwood on a table saw. Uh, and <clears throat> so I thought I'm sitting there staring at it going, you know, I could try to grind this thing down, you know, to, to make it flat. Mm-hmm. Or I could put it in my mill and I could use a fly cutter. Ooh. And I, yeah, and I fly, I used a fly cutter. I have a two inch wide fly cutter, which is perfect for this. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if you're going to act like iron, I'm going to treat you like iron, baby. Hey, That's it. Right? Right? <laughs> so I throw this. Uh, I have these things called parallels. And what parallels do is they hold a piece uh, parallel to the floor of the vice. But they, okay. they hold it up. So if you can imagine just two perfectly uh, machined pieces of thin, like um, eighth inch thick plate steel that you set on end and then you put your piece on top of those. So you put that in the vise. So your work piece is sticking up over the vise. So you're not going to hit the vise, but it's at a perfect, you know, 90 degrees off of the cutter or a pair. It should be parallel to the cutter, I should say. Uh, and um, so I'm machining this thing and I'm even using like my little air mister thing to like mm-hmm. blow the chips away, you know, like a total dumbass. Like I'm just sitting here thinking like uh, th- if, any metal worker saw me do th- doing this, they would be super annoyed. But because I get a bunch of shit for using wood in my metal lathe, you know, that's like a big no, no, like you don't do it, but it works. Like if it, you know, it works. And by the way, this fly cutter worked perfectly. It Ooh. left me a perfectly flat uh, edge. It didn't, it didn't, um, chip or kind of leave any weird like ironwood loves a fly cutter i mean it just loved it man sounds like i need to invest in a mill and a fly cutter (laughs) my god man you you can and then what you do is once you get one plane as your index right flip it over and lower it down and and do it again basically make it perfect as soon as you have one nice perfect flat then the rest just kind of falls all together when you're working exactly yeah exactly so yeah, so we're 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 rocking and a rolling. There you go. And and moving forward, I now have to redo the handles. 
but I'm really excited to see what Dirk thinks of this piece. Uh, even though it's like not really my design or whatever, but I just wanted to like learn something, work with a rasp, figure some stuff out and make it happen. So now it might not be your design, but I guarantee you it has your flair in it somewhere. Like that's, that's oh, yeah. just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has my, for sure. my, uh, what's the, what's the French word for, for like <laughs> je ne sais quoi, je ne sais quoi. That's it. You knew it. Look at you. <laughs> I figured you'd know. You're a very smart uh, guy. Took one semester of French in college, and that's that's what I got from it. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to say common phrases. That's hey. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Brian, tell me, how's your week been? And what do you got going on? <laughs> oh, I, been, I already kind of know, so go ahead. It's been a weird week on my end. So um, right after last podcast, um, so... I I guess I was working on let's see I hadn't quite gotten to the weekend so it was it was either the day after or the day after that after after we filmed the podcast so Thursday or Friday um I went out to my shop in the morning and realized when I first got in there that things were a little bit off and like you, you know that feeling like when you go into your shop and you're the only one who works out there you know where everything is you know where everything you, you know, every, every place that you left things, it, you just know where it is. And it, I just, as soon as I stepped in, it just felt weird. Like just something was off. And um, my first realization was there, there's a, uh, I have beef jerky in my shop. Just, you know, when I get a little hungry, instead of running inside and grabbing a sandwich, I just ha- grab a quick beef jerky and keep working. Uh, there is a beef jerky wrapper wadded up on the floor. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm pretty tidy. I, I never do that. Oh and, man. Yep. And then <laughs> these assholes. Oh, go yep. on. All right. And then I look around and like every everything on my table has been moved around. Um I was reprofiling it or I was reworking on two different knives and like I had I had one knife that I was working on the handle and um I I had uh blue tape all over the the uh blade of it and like half of the blue tape was ripped off. And it was not sitting anywhere near where I left it, which was super weird. So, you know, that, that was super bizarre. And then I look up and my, my little picture frame with the first time I drew out my logo and my first dollar, the logo was still there. The first dollar was gone. So at that point, I, you know, realized somebody was obviously in my shop and, you know, I live out in the country where like, you know, nobody even locks their front doors or their cars or shit like that. So it's like, I I've been in that shop for over two years and it's like, I've never thought about ever locking anything or anything like that, which is just so bizarre. And then, you know, of course you, you come to realization, like somebody was snooping through my shit and you know, they stole a beef jerky in my first dollar. No big deal. Okay, I make a quick video kind of explaining what happened. Basically, like, that was, like, literally me processing what was happening was me making that video. Um, <laughs> not to, like, you know, make content out of shitty things, but, you know, it, you know, I, I wanted to kind of document it a little bit. It was, it was of course. a weird yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, you know, everything shuffled around and that's whatever. And, you know, I, I just pick up what I was working on before and I start go back to work. You know, my thought at that point is somebody came in, they stole a dollar and a, a beef jerky. 
you know, it's probably a kid and they're being a dumbass and whatever. It's it's not worth calling the cops or, you know, getting anybody involved. Um, somebody was just being nosy, no big deal. So I get back to work and I, you know, I'm, I'm grinding on some knives and I'm doing my thing. And um, I had just a couple days before that happened, I had a I had a customer return a knife, not return a knife, but ask me if I could sharpen it. So, of course, you know, anybody who gets a knife from me and they work, use it for a while and they want it to be sharpened by me, I'm all about it. I'll sharpen it for you. Just ship it to me and I'll get it shipped back to you. Um, I go to like, you know, I went into the shop thinking I'm going to, you know, grind on some bevels. I'm going to work on this handle and then I'm going to sharpen that knife right at the very end. And I go to grab that knife to sharpen it and I realize it's missing. So whoever, whoever. So this, just so I'm clear, this knife was a knife that you had made, right? Yeah, about and, about a year or so ago, a little bit over a year ago. Back to you, just to get sharpened. sharpened. Yeah, no big deal. And some tweaker broke in and took it. Like, oh, dude, now you yeah. have to remake the knife. I yeah, mean, I am. It, I am remaking the knife for him for oh sure. My God. Luckily, he's totally he's so cool about it. Like he, he's more worried. Like, am I okay? You know. You know, making sure everything's okay on my end. And it's like, hey, I I told him I will gladly replace the knife. No, no charge. No, you know, it's not your fault. Somebody broke into my shop. And he said, that's totally fine. And, um, you know, take your time. You know, if it has to be after the Christmas rush, that's totally fine. So luckily is cool enough that and you know what, you know, it's kind of nice that not nice that the knife is missing, but I made it a year and a half ago. I have very much progressed in my knife abilities since then. So I can kind of make them a better representation of what I can do. So, I mean, I know that's yeah. trying to make, le- you know, lemonade out of lemons, but well, you got to do it every once in a while. It just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But, uh, yeah. Now. Okay. So are you going to lock your shop from this point for, oh, I guess absolutely. You are. I mean, yeah. from here on out, I've got my, front door locked um i've got a padlock on the back you know i've got those barn doors that swing open i've also bought some security cameras um i can't quite get um an internet connection all the way out in my shop but um i have a security camera on the porch of the house facing back towards the shop and then i also bought a big fake camera that i'm gonna put right in front of my shop facing out like right above the doorway with this big blinking red light (laughs) just as a deterrent i'm just throwing this out there what if they listen to the podcast now they know your secrets well i've i've got the camera from the you know from the porch you know everything will be covered that is true but so so like do you think like this was in fact like just neighborhood kids being stupid or I guarantee you. I mean there's there's it no real like I mean there of course everywhere you know there's some you know drugs and there's some you know drunks that stumble around but I just really feel like this this seems like a kid. This seems like anywhere between 12 and 16 year old angsty kid that's out yeah. for a walk at night and being nosy and made a dumb decision. Um, yeah, it does sound like that, especially with the beef jerky wrapper on the right. floor. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, stole your first dollar. First Ugh. dollar. That's the, that's the gut punch. You know, the knife I can remake. The first dollar I can't earn again. Uh, which sucks. And they probably spent it on like cigarettes or something stupid. Who just knows? Uh, stupid. Oh, I'm but so sorry, Brian. Man, let that me sucks. tell you the. It was the best thing that's ever happened to my small business. 
A, it's made me rethink okay. security, and I'll be okay. a lot more careful with that. B, um, I made you know a, a video, and then I, uh, I put it on TikTok, and that blew up to almost forty thousand views, which was cool. I got Whoa. a couple, got a couple view, or got a couple orders out of that. But the huge thing is, I made a post with the original picture of that knife, and I posted it to a local. It's it's um, I forget which po- which um group it is, but basically it's it's like the uh, um the, the nosy neighbors talking on um on it's some sort of a midland group, basically my area Facebook group, where it's a bunch of you know middle aged people or not necessarily middle aged, but it's a bunch of you know nosy neighbors trying to talk about the gossip gossip of the area. And I posted, I posted basically a you know write up of hey this knife was stolen, someone broke into my shop, and it really sucks. They told, stole my first dollar. Um, if you know anything, or if you want to support me, please go ahead and contact me. I'd love to you know get this knife back. And it was shared almost six hundred times on Facebook, which is wow, huge. right? <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, like, you really did turn it in. You know, a lot of people now know who you are because of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, getting a bunch of views on Instagram or even TikTok. Um, it's a lot of people that you don't know and have no connection to you. But sure. having a post go that big on a local level, it's it's kind of like the, you know, hey, somebody messed with one of ours and now we've we're going to support them. So through that post, I've gotten probably 40 different people that are talking about having a knife made. And I've gotten six or seven of them that's already putting down payments on knives. So this is huge. Yeah, nice it's, work, it's like it's like, you know, literally more than what I made entirety of last year. I just made in like 48 hours in night in my small business. That is amazing. Nice yeah. work, man. Nice. Yeah, work. So, I mean, I, I'm not trying to like flex like I got a bunch of orders or anything, but you know, it, it's really the the takeaway for me is that, you know, people if if something happens or, you know, if if you're just a nice person and, you know, basically just people around you want to support you. And I am so grateful yeah. for the fact that people saw that story and like I got I've gotten hundreds of messages of damn, you know, it, it really sucks that somebody stole from you. And they messed with, you know, one of our own people here locally and, you know, just wishing the best wishes and stuff like that. It just feels so good, you know. But Yeah, yeah, dude. And and I think because most people have been stolen from, they can right. empathize with your with your situation and that, you, you know, you're right. It's like a catch 22. You're like, it sucks that it happened, but, you know, you got exposure from it and you turned lemonade lemons into lemonade i mean what's what's better than that dude i mean i know good yeah, lord for sure. well and i'm glad that you're not feeling a lot of people after they get stolen from there they go through like this weird phase of emotions maybe you've already gone through it but like it's just like you feel <laughs> violated you know kind of like it's just very odd i had the same thing happen i've been stolen from i've had been broken into like my house and my car and you know all kinds of stuff and uh, terrible feelings from that, you know, f- to know that you've been stolen from the older yeah. you get, the little more used to it you get, you know, <laughs> like when I was in business for so many years, I had employees steal from me all the time. Sometimes I would catch them and sometimes I wouldn't when I would catch them, you know, it was just like, I was so angry. Like it was like 
you know, right on camera watching them stuff cash into their pockets. And it's just like, I have to fire this person now. You know, it's a terrible feeling. It's got weird emotions that go through your head, but it's also like, you know, why did this person do this? You know, right. It's and, an ultimate betrayal. It's a person that you hired and like you saw enough in them to, you know, want to give them the job and they're just willing to turn around and take money out of your pocket like that. That's crazy. And and this guy, the one guy did actually like catch on camera. He was it was like a referral from a friend of mine. Ooh. Where she was like, oh, you know, I know this guy's a computer guy and, you know, he would be great fit for your shop. He's a veteran and, you know, and all this stuff. And I hired him. He worked for me for almost a year and then I caught him stealing. I thought he was stealing from me. I, you know, I didn't know for sure. And then I did, in fact, see it on camera at one time. I confronted him and he admitted it. He admitted it. And then, you know, which was and he was like, I don't know why I do it. I just I just do it just to have extra money or whatever. Mm. And I, you know, made the decision not to press charges because he was a veteran and he would lose his, um, you know, when you when you get arrested and charged with either misdemeanor, you can lose a lot of benefits. And. um, And then, of course, I had to have a conversation with the person who referred. Anyway, I don't mean to steal the the story (laughs) away from you, but I was like, you know, put me in a weirdly weird position. And I'm, and it made me feel weird, which is what I'm asking you is like, how do you feel now moving forward? You sound what like well adjusted. You sound fine with it, but I mean, oh, you feel all right. You know, yeah. Um, I, I I'm just taking it as a lesson of, you know, hey, this rickety shed out in the out in the country isn't as secure as I had thought in the past. Um, the, the false sense of security of, you know, everyone around here pretty much knows everyone and nobody messes with anybody, you know, now, you know, obviously I can't take my broad back inside and lock it up, but pretty much everything else that isn't bolted to the ground, like, you know, any knife that I'm working on, as long as it's not dripping with epoxy is going inside. Um, every, every billet of Damascus that is worth anything goes inside. Um, you know, it's, it's just, you know. Anything that I can't quickly replace for cheap is pretty much going or isn't, you know, obviously like my drill press or stuff like that isn't going to be moved every night. But, you know, now I have a little cart that I'm going to fill up every every time I get done work with work and I fill up my little cart and I wheel it into the garage and I lock it in there. Is your grinder bolted to the? Absolutely, work? it is. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I was gonna say, you know, just like bolt anything down that you can't take out on the regular, right. and you know that kind of thing. But good lord, man, I, I'm glad that it happened, and you're. I, I'm not glad that it happened. I'm glad that it, that you turned it around, that you made. Something oh yeah. Out of it. yeah, um, just like you know, when I first started, like I think it was the second knife I ever made. No, it was I think it was the third knife I ever made. Um, I posted some, I posted a picture of the first knife and the second knife I made and somehow, some way, somebody knew somebody on Facebook and they shared the picture with them down in Kentucky. And maybe I've talked about this on the podcast already, but he contacted me and, um, messaged me basically saying, Hey, I've got a birthday coming up and I really want a knife made by you because that looks so cool. Uh, would you mind making it for me? And, you know, I, at that point, I pretty much dropped everything and I, I charged them like something stupid, like 50 bucks for a, a little nano neck knife. And I made it up and I said, hey, I've got the thing made and um, I can send it out. You know, how do you want to pay? And he said, I'll send you a check. 
okay, cool, whatever. And I, I, uh, said, okay, once your check gets here, you know, it'll, I'll send out the knife. And he said, oh, well, I'm giving it as a birthday gift and it's in, you know, three days or something. Do you mind, you know, overnighting it to me? And I said, okay, you know, whatever. Naive me. God, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Naive me who's never sold anything to anybody in my life out of, you know, made by hand. I sent it off to him. And then, you know, I gave a, I took a picture of the, you know, the, the uh, tracking number. And as soon as I sent the tracking number, he blocked me on everything. And I never, I never saw that check. <laughs> and that was my first lesson of, okay, when you're selling something, you need 50% down when it first happens. And then, you know, the, you need to have the money in hand before you send off anything. So, you know, you know, you know every, every single time that something bad happens like that, I take it. I'm, I'm not going to get down. It, there's nothing that anybody can do to me that would make me want to jump out of business. Yeah. But I will take those as hard knocks and lessons and, you know, fuck them. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just learn from their stupidity and not, you know, not make it. It's okay to make a mistake once, but never twice. You know, you're going to get a new nickname out of this. Oh shit. What's that? Gullible Santa. <laughs> no, I think Santa's is a uh, good one for it because I'm just giving them out for free right now. <laughs> You're sending gifts out to everybody for free. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm sorry, Brian. I'm, I'm making light of your situation. No, I, I've good. been also. I've also had these this these scenarios happen to me. When you're in business for as long as I have been, you know, you do work for people and then they totally screw you. Like I, we did work for a lady in, in the neighborhood I lived in and I had been in business for over 10 years and normally we get cash on delivery. Like if we've never worked with somebody before, we always get that money before we leave. Yeah. And in this case, because she was like right down the street from me, you know, I'm like, you know, Hey, I'll do the work, whatever. Send us a check. She never sent it. So, you know, we sent her overdue notices, try to call nothing like Really? You live in my neighborhood? I'm just going to go to your house. Like, right. I legit. I show up with a baseball bat. Knocked on her door, and she, I, through the window of the door, I could see that she was in there. Mm-hmm. She saw it was me, turned around and walked away, wouldn't answer the door. Oh, my God. And we're not talking like a small house here. Like, this is a nice neighborhood. Like, it was like, it, and the bill was like $185 or something. It, you know, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was like, it was the principle of it. You're my neighbor. Right. So I'm screaming at her through her front door. I'm like, you're my neighbor. How can you do this to me? Like, you know, whatever. You're like, you're a terrible person. I'm like, karma's going to bite you in the ass, and I can't wait. I wish I could be there for it when it happens, but I'm not mm. going to be. And then I left, and that was it. Wow. So, yeah. Just just the, you know, how can you be that stupid to steal from your neighbor like that? Yeah. Well, like, hey, it, you know. It's... <laughs> She might be a tweaker or something. Who knows? I mean, who uh, knows what's what's going on with that person? So, you know, when people do stuff like that, you got to wonder: like, is it just something's going on with them, and they, you know, they're they're making these choices and stealing from others? But hey, listen, all good. It's all good. We're all fine. Everybody's good. At least you know yeah. we have our health and everything else For and sure. all of that. So, all right. So, you want to hear the fork truck drama? It continues on. <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. I can already I, tell. It's insanity. This is insanity. I don't know any business out there that could operate like this and still make money, but okay. Wait, so before you jump into it, is it the same people or are, is it a totally different, uh, you nah, know, screw it. I'll just let yeah, you go ahead. I'll fill you in. So, all right. So the, 
the fork truck folks that I tried to buy from last week, you know, they, they, uh, they basically the whole eBay story where I bought it on eBay and, or I tried to buy it on eBay and they upped the price and all this crap. The guy like after the fact, like texted me and called me like he felt terrible, whatever, and all this stuff, which might be part of their game. Uh, because it seemed it seemed really scammy. So like even after the podcast was done and over with, like this guy's messaging me, and I'm like, well, hey, listen, um, you know the offer still stands. I'll pay you know the the ninety two hundred or whatever I agreed to, and um, whatever. And he was like, cool, all right, I'll work up the paperwork. The next day, I noticed that the machine is not on eBay anymore. So I assume that like he took it down. So I messaged him and I was like. You know, hey, I don't want to buy it off of eBay. Like, I want to buy through eBay so that I have the the you know the record of the sale, and um and it was crickets, nothing, mm. never got back to me, nothing. So that deal's done. That one's off the books. Whatever, we can't do that deal. I continue looking for another fork truck, and um, I find one locally here. Okay. Okay, and I'm thinking this is best case scenario. It's on eBay too, by the way. So it's in Fort Myers, which is like only 30 minutes away from here. So I get on there. I'm messaging the guy back and forth. He's telling me all about it, blah, blah, blah. We're, you know, just getting to know each other a little bit. I call. I talk to him on the phone. Mm -hmm. Seems like a decent enough guy. And I think, all right, you know what? Screw it. It's not the exact thing that I want, but it's close enough. It'll get me into a fork truck. I'll have it and I can use it for a while. If I don't like it, I'll sell it. Someone would even say, screw it, let's do it. Screw it, let's do it. I'm going to buy this (laughs) thing and whatever else. And I even worked out that they'll drag it down to my shop and deliver it when the time comes. Wow, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I buy it. All is well. I tell the guy, like, hey, I'm going to pick it up sometime mid-September, or I need it dropped off sometime mid-September. No problem. Whatever. The next day. I'm all feeling shiny and happy because I got my fork truck project taken care of. I got that thing bought and the, I didn't get a notification on my phone and it says you've been refunded in oh. the dollar amount that I paid for this thing. Okay. And I'm like, what? Hmm. And it says, it says you've been refunded to your original payment method on eBay. And then it says seller annotated that your your shipping address was incorrect. What? Right. <laughs> so I'm like, what the frick is this? So I call the guy and he's like, yeah, uh, we don't have that fork truck anymore. We, so- we sold it two weeks ago. What? He yeah. sold it two weeks ago. What the hell did he take your payment for then? Because he says that he's people working for him and they don't he's not f- fully sure what sells and what doesn't oh jesus and i'm like so you sold me something you don't actually have he's like yeah and he's like i know you're pissed i know that you're upset he's like i would be too he's like i'm really sorry there was a mix up on our end and i'm now i'm thinking like this guy is going to repost that fork truck like for more dollars like bigger you know like he just right. figured like he missed the boat or whatever i don't know what so anyway, it, that wasn't the case, though. He didn't relist it. None of it happened. He actually had a different fork truck that was similar, similar pricing and everything else. And I bought that one from him. So but it gets even a little bit weirder. 
Okay, okay, so I do actually now own a fork truck. Hey, supp- supposedly. So that's in the right I mean, oh, I haven't actually seen it, but you know, we'll see. And I then, will um, believe it when I have when I see a video of you driving it. <laughs> oh, I've got a really cool idea for this fork truck too. I'll share that in a second. But so in the meantime, when I thought like I wasn't going to get this fork truck from this guy, and I didn't get the other one, I thought, well, I'm going to put feelers out there to all these like fork truck websites, you know, these like shady brokers, you know, just kind of try to see what was out there. Mm-hmm. These guys all started calling me yesterday because it mm-hmm. was a holiday weekend or, and or emailing me now get this. They'll send you an email. So when you go on their website, there's like 500 fork trucks on their website, right? Sure. And, and you know, you're they looking only actually them have two of them though. Exactly. <laughs> they don't actually have any of them. And so then they're sending me emails and it's like, here's a, you know, 1995 uh, Mitsubishi, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We don't know how many hours are on it. We technically don't really know what year it was made. Um, Oh, and, uh, you know, this photo isn't an actual photo of the fork truck. This is a photo (laughs) of a fork truck that's similar to it. And the price is (laughs) $20,000. I don't know where on earth anybody would go, okay, so you may or may not know what year it is. You may or may not know what the condition is. This is not an actual photo of it. And it's $20,000. Sign me up. Let let me just go ahead and throw 20 grand out the window. Who is that stupid? And apparently it's common practice because I got multiple emails over the last couple of days, just like that one from multiple vendors. That's like so it's, bizarre. it's so bizarre. The heavy equipment trade is crazy. And, um, I actually got in contact with somebody who had been in that business for a long time. And he's like, dude, it has been like this for 20 years. This is how this, this entire industry operates. If you want to buy a bulldozer, you want to buy a fork truck or a Bobcat or skid steer, whatever, this is how it works. And I, and I'm like, how does anybody feel comfortable buying heavy equipment like this? He's like, people do it. He's like all the time. They just, they just do it. So they work around it somehow. Is it the fact that they're built all built like tanks that, the, you know, they'll work for 50 years every day. Yeah. Or is the it av- the, the fact that you, people who sell those heavy equipment just have the ability to scam every person they come across? I think, you know, the people buying heavy equipment have deep pockets typically, you know, Mm. so it's there's a lot of like they don't really care. It might need something. Uh, For instance, I thought that same thing. Like I thought like, well, maybe these things just like run forever, you know, like maybe that's what I'm missing here because I'm looking at some of these fork trucks. We're talking like a seventeen thousand dollar fork truck that has like twenty five to forty thousand hours on it and which. I was like, wow, that's a lot of hours, but, you know, it's a propane engine or whatever. I, you know, I was thinking like, well, maybe it's, you know, it's different. Well, the, so I Google this, right? The average lifespan of a fork truck. What is it? Like how many hours? Mm-hmm. It's 10,000 hours. <laughs> so these are fork trucks. You're going to pay 20, 20 grand for a fork truck. That's four times outside of the normal average of a working fork truck. I mean, does that mean because I can go right now and buy a brand new one for 30K. Right. You know, and, and I'm just like, I, I don't get this. So the one I bought only has 1500 hours on it. So it's just very low use. It was okay. like a one owner. Okay. The guy's got all the service records. He sent them to me. I, I feel very comfortable. And it's the guy. It's the same guy. It's the local guy. 
So he's going to bring it to my shop and everything. It's, it'll be fine. But <laughs> that way, I'm, if he does end up screwing you over, you can show up with a baseball bat. Yeah, put it on my Amex. I mean, too. You know, I'll just I'll just call up American Express and tell them like, hey, you know, I never got this. You know, whatever. Right. So, but um, Good. so yeah, that's the fork truck thing. I mean, I'm crazy, I'm blown man. away. I am blown away at that operation. I I did not know that existed. So hey, I'm learning something here. Yeah, that's so bizarre though. Like it, it I mean, I I know we're beating a dead horse here, but like. How how does that whole trade stay afloat like that? That just seems like so antithetical to yeah. regular business. I also have a theory that a lot of these devices are acquired in ways that may or may not be legal. Like I think a lot of these fork trucks and stuff are are you know. Um, I don't know if stolen is the right term, but like, you know, like they it just seems very shady to me that like, no, there's no title. They don't know what year, like, you know, the VIN is scratched off, you know, shit like that. And they right. still and want 15 grand for it. That's the thing is like that, that system is set up to let that type of thing slide. It kind of seems that way. Yeah. It kind of seems that way. So that's bizarre. That's hey. super bizarre. We have a fork truck, Brian. Things are hey, about hey. to get freaking real around here. I'll tell yes, you sir. what. Yeah. So you've got the fork it, truck. You just need to get into that shop to use it in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm. We actually have a closed date of the fifteenth. So less, almost just a week now. We'll be okay. in there, and uh, the and then the fun begins where we'll, we'll paint everything. So let, real quick, let me tell you my idea. This wasn't actually my idea. This was Sarah's idea. So what do you think about this? I want to take, I want to do a sticker exchange okay. with everybody I know. Like, just try to get as many stickers from as many makers as humanly possible and plaster my fork truck with them. That would be so cool. Right? And uh, we were actually thinking about turning them into magnets so that they would just stick everywhere. And that way, when I go to sell the thing, I don't have to peel off 20,000 stickers. Right? Yeah. But um, what do you think of that idea? It's going to be kind of fun, right? And then we make oh, a little absolutely. video. We tag the person who sends the stickers. You know, we'll kind of do a thing. Yeah, that'd be super cool. And that's just another opportunity for us to be able to shout out people on the podcast or on your social medias. Just kind of spread the love and more attention to more people just for sending in a what are they? Maybe fifty cent sticker. Yeah, I think I pay like not even that. I think I pay right. like a nickel or something per right. sticker. I buy them a thousand at a time. So yeah, no, it'd be awesome, right? I mean, the postage would cost the most, but we would yeah. do an exchange where if you sent me a sticker, I'll send you a set of stickers back. Yeah, man, I'll uh, send you one. You got to put mine on a real prominent spot, though. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got a box here from you, but I haven't opened it. Hey. Go ahead and open I was gonna it. Do, Let's do it. On I was going to do it on the podcast. Yeah, I was going to do it on the yeah. podcast. Let me go grab it real quick. I, I got it right around the corner, real real quick. Yeah, I uh, I sent this this box over to to Brian. Shoot, probably about a week ago. I've I've been kind of sitting on pins and needles because I kind of expected it to have been lost in the mail. So I'm really happy that it's here. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I figured I figured I would wait since uh, I received it late last week. And um, I was like heading out the door. So, all right, here we go. I'm going to, I've got my utility knife. I didn't, I'm not using my work for it. Scalable. Oh, the shop sell. Well, come on, I man. should be, but yeah, no, I don't have it handy. I actually brought it home with me. All right, here we go. I'm opening it up. 
with some brown paper. Brown paper? Brian, you shouldn't have. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just so generous. A couple of little yeah. air packets here. Oh, it's a Beko Knives hat. Hell, yeah, man. Sweet. I love it. Let's see. What, what else is in here? There's Sharp some- Santa's be feeling a little generous on this one. It's wrapped in black paper, my favorite color. And the mm-hmm. hat is my favorite color. It's like a dark mm-hmm. gray, which I'm digging. Carhartt, if so I did, remember correctly. So, uh, Yeah, it is a Carhartt. And, and in true workshop fashion, you used electrical tape to seal this gift. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I didn't oh, bust out no the duct Oh, no way, tape. dude. You gave me a knife? Are you serious? Yeah, man. That's You're actually... a knife. Yes, sir. Um, that the first time you jumped on a live stream, I was forging on that knife right there. You got to be kidding me, Brian. Yeah, man. I just wanted to say that I was I was so appreciative of you, uh, you know, kind of boosting my signal so much, jumping on that live stream, and then eventually bringing me on this podcast. I just wanted to, you know, share the love a little bit. I love this. I I love the shape of it. I've. It's like uh, this would be actually really perfect just to throw on my belt and have around the shop while I'm doing stuff just mm-hmm. to like uh, open boxes and, you know, all right, let me ask you something. S- uh, since you made this sheath, you're, you'll be able to tell me now I will post a photo of this on Instagram tonight. And then t- uh, when you're listening to this, you'll be able to actually see the hat and the, um, and you wrote me a nice note that just says, hell yeah on it. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Oh wait, no, there's some stick. There's a, there's more in here, but I'll read that in a second. So, all right, tell me about this. See this sheet? Okay, the sheath that you made, standard sheath. <laughs> you're uh, you're you're overstating that. I don't make my sheaths. I have a leather guy who makes them. Oh, you have a leather guy. Okay, yeah. so your leather guy makes the sheath. Maybe you can explain something to me. The the flap of leather that goes up and around this sheath mm-hmm. is that for your belt to yes, go it through? Is. Yes, it is. All right. That makes a ton of sense because I keep seeing these out there and I've never actually owned one. And I kept thinking, well, that makes a ton of sense because you'd be able to thread your belt through it and it would mm-hmm. sit sort of like at waist. It, it's not um, up and down, like pointed towards your feet. It's like, you know, pointed towards your, your the back of your butt or whatever. Yeah, so that the blade cool. goes along so that like the handle goes along your belt, you know, line. I find that that's way more. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Comfortable to carry a knife like that if you're going to use it every day? Just because if you have this like scout carry knife that's going up and down, it kind of gets in the way and every time you sit down, it pokes you in the ribs and yes. stuff like that. Where if I you really have, dislike if you have that. a smaller I've, knife that goes along your belt line, you know, it just kind of like feels, I mean, it's a little bulky on your belt, but it's, it's not like crazy, crazy. Yeah. This isn't a huge knife. So it'd be perfect. It, mm-hmm. That would actually be really perfect. Brian, I am honored to have one of your pieces <laughs> and it's, it's such a cool thing. Now tell me about the handle. What, what do we got here? It's uh wait, hold on. Let me guess. Cause I got it in my hand here. So let me look here. It feels somewhat soft, but I don't know what this is. Is this pine? What is this? No, Cypress? No. It's ironwood from the UP. You're kidding. This is yep. ironwood? Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. And we were just talking about ironwood. How yes, funny is that? <laughs> oh, my God. I think that one's got black liners, black G10 liners on it. Yeah, black G10 liners and a tapered tang. Yes, very, very fancy. tapered tang. That was my first tapered tang. No kidding. Yeah, that was the first one that I forged in Damascus. So, yeah, that you, you're telling me that this is the first Damascus blade that you've forged, right? And to be I fair, it. it's it's not um it's not Damascus that I made myself. It's scraps Cor- from correct. you know Damascus yeah. from Alabama Damascus steel. But yeah. yeah, no, I love it, man. That's and it's awesome. It's got your stamp in it. It's got your stamp in it. I love it, man. I love it. I love <laughs> it so much. I'm gonna wear it every day. I'm gonna have it oh, on me man. every day. That, that's awesome. Thank you, man. Dude, that's it's the coolest thing ever, Brian. <laughs> Actually, that that stamp is another fun thing. I I was originally going to try to make that stamp to go level with the spine, but okay. it was like one of the first stamps I've ever like hot stamps I've ever done. So I I line it up and I hit it and I I originally thought like oh shit it's totally crooked but then you kind of like hold the knife back a little bit further and it go, it's almost perfectly in line with the blade yeah like it's with, in with the line with the edge. edge yeah it's in line so with the edge I'm just gonna play it off like it was intentional <laughs> <laughs> I will always say this it's a handmade item which you know we we spend a ton of time trying to achieve perfection right you know and that's that's a that's something that we um we want but at the same time the reason why i think people choose to purchase handmade items is because it has some of the maker inside of it and that's those are the little stories and little nuances and things that are attributed you know it makes it makes me feel good i like it so that's awesome I love it. I absolutely freaking love it. All right. So uh, let's real quick uh, discuss my sponsorship because I'm now going to be wearing this B-Cone Knives hat. <laughs> what is the terms of our sponsorship agreement? Uh, Dude, is it like? Just keep having me here and I'm I'm happy. <laughs> all right. All right. Very good. I'm going to. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in that package is a sticker. So we've already no, done the sticker, the sticker exchange. 
Yeah, yeah, I got the stickers. I got this uh, nice note from you. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll read that later, and then um, and a and a business card, which I really like your business card too. Thank you, thank you. Very, very nice. Rounded corners. It's black and white. My favorite mm-hmm. uh, color mix, and it's got everything you need you need on there. Um, although it says Insta and Facebook at B dot cone knives, but it looks like maybe that might be wrong. Is that because there's no space, right? You know, I that I think that was out of my first batch of um, cards. I've I've since updated it and kind of done correct spacing and added YouTube and uh, TikTok. So oh, good, good, yeah, that makes sense. I yeah. figured since it's coming to you, I might as well send off one of my old ones since you kind of already know. <laughs> you know how we got around that? We uh, we went and did a QR code, and when you oh. scan that QR code, it takes you to a page that has links to all of the social media that we do. Well, that's intelligent. And we gave a shit ton of those away at Blade Show. And so, like, we were just wandering around handing people um, QR code business cards. And then they would scan it with their phone, and then it would go on their phone. You know, they would be able to find me on YouTube, like, instantaneously. Wow. So I am definitely going to look into that. Yeah, it was super easy to make. It's, like, free. There's, like, QR code generators out there that are really cool. uh, Yeah. All right, so you you want to dive into work for it projects, WFI oh, sure. projects? I've been watching and looking and watching Ben cut onions from Ben's <laughs> bites. He's got that beautiful piece that he put together. Um, Here's and- just to finish round off that uh, that uh, gift exchange there for a second. I think it's hilarious that it's my birthday and you're getting the gift. Wait a minute, it's your birthday today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know it was your birthday. Yeah. I I don't I don't like to uh go out, yeah. you know. Yeah. You're not, not like a, a you're not like uh one of those guys is like um thanking people on Facebook for the birthday which I mean, I give them a lot all the people that I know and stuff like that, of course I send a message and you know, I like the comment and whatnot, but I don't I don't need a big spectacle. I so if you're listening to the bad. podcast, oh, message geez. Brian Cohen oh, a happy birthday. <laughs> another another revolution around hey, the sun. There you go. Hey, 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 look at you. Oh, and uh, well, congratulations on making it another year. How's yeah. the year been? Let's do a year in review. Well, um, I mean, realistically, it's my my huge things is going to be all around the business. You know, jumping on this podcast has been huge. Um, I I grew my my uh all of my social medias are ginormously larger than when I first started the year, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, everything is looking up. Um, I'm getting out a lot more content this week has been super slow just because of the break in. And I've been kind of, you know, looking into things for that instead of spending a lot of time in the shop this week. But anyways, um, you know, everything is very positive. It seems like I'm making really good moves and yeah, it's all good, man. Okay, good. All right, I like it. Best year yet. I'm I'm into it. Best year yet. 27 is good. 28 better be better. So you turned 28 this year. Yes, sir. Man, you seem younger than 28. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's, oh, a, that's a compliment, by the way. The older you oh. get, you want to seem younger. You know, that's the thing. I was thinking like you were like 19. No, come on. <laughs> I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why you call me Sharp Santa. I'm oh bald. I've got a beard that's and a beard so good. Funny. No, I f- I figured you're in your mid twenties. So that's that's where I was. You know where I was at with it. But uh, gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah, 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 no doubt. All right, so uh, uh, congratulations, happy birthday. Thank we you. appreciate you from the, all of us uh, out there uh, in the community, man. You're a positive, true positive force in the maker community, and it's going to be awesome to watch you rise up. So I'm glad I, I could be a part of it, and I could be um, consider you a friend. You know, that's Thank that's so really the best part about all this. Thank you. Of Speaking course. Speaking of positive forces in the uh, the workplace. On WFI projects, um, it looks like Jamie the Squid was showing his two sons how to forge. I don't know and if his you're, daughter if you're on that. too. I think is it? Oh my gosh! I did. I guess I didn't look that close. But he's got two little I'm young ones sure. in the shop. He's got some yeah, hot yeah, steel, yeah. and they're they're hammering on the anvil. And my goodness, I, I, I wish I got my start that early. I know. Cool I know. That? I know his shop is killer too. He he looks like he's got like the same kind of setup as you, which is like an outdoor shed or something, <laughs> or maybe like a garage. But it's like laid out really nice. Yes, and very it's got organized. a. I'm interested um, in that anvil too. I wonder is that a uh, who makes those anvils? I have one. Mm, I, have I can't no think idea. of the guy. His name's Clayton. Um, but uh, yeah, no, those are great anvils, man, for sure. And the little guy with the hammer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my Isn't that God. cute? That's awesome. It is. It's great. It's love great. It, love it. Entiat River Forge. Uh, looks like he's working with some Damascus, mm, which is pretty. killer. He says, well, hunting season sucks so far. Went back into my happy place, which is my shop for a while. First ever S-grind. Yeah. A bold, low-layer pattern. Uh, best metalcore band in the world, which is... He tags their ba the band O Sleeper TX. Yeah, I'm seeing on that video he's got a couple. Uh, there, it there's a little video. I don't know if we're looking at the same one, but it, it's got the little TikTok album. So obviously he's he's active on TikTok. I don't know. Uh, maybe yep. we should go check his stuff out. It looks like he's uh working for it. Yeah, and that S grind looks killer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's you know the S grind on a on a Damascus blade is tough to see, but that one you can you can really see it. It looks mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, you did a killer job on that. Yeah, nice and work. also I've, I've only done a couple S. No, I've done one S grind, and I got so close to blowing through from one end to the other that I've never really done it again. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely baby, dancing. But... No, you're definitely dancing with the devil when you do that. Oh my you god, can go all the way through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I watched a video where Aaron Lee, yeah. he was doing um, not an S grind, but he was doing like a fuller. Yeah. And he went all the way through. That was and on was that like, big competition, wasn't it? Was that? Yeah, I think you're right. It was. It was the uh, Giotto challenge mm -hmm. that he did that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, who do we have? JK Blades. He's, oh, my gosh. He's doing some good stuff here. Look yeah, I actually just talked to him a little bit. Um I don't. Are you looking at the one with the boning knives? I'm looking at the boning. It's like a green handle, like with a green epoxy handle. Yeah. Or wintergreen resin is what he calls it. Yeah. Brass um, I actually just had a cool conversation with this with him. Um, let me give you the quick rundown. This is, um, you know, he he's of the Hustle and Grind podcast. Great guy. You know, very. Nick great Tobin guy. from Pickle Cutters. Yeah, just I was just about to bring crew. up Jake, uh, Nick Tobin is killing it with him on that podcast. But um, I was just talking to him about it. He um, he went into a local butcher, and this local butcher basically was already talking to him on Facebook or somewhere, wanting to order a boning knife. So he went in there to basically discuss it with them, and they had 
basically they he called back to the rest of the people working in the back and called him out all all out and I think he's gotten three or four different orders just from one little trip into the butcher. So Yeah, man, he's beating beating the street. I love yeah, it. Yeah, man. That's I think that's the thing is, you know, there, the there's old so school way. so many of us are just taking beautiful pictures and videos and sending it out online. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, going knocking not necessarily knocking door to door, but you know, kind of realizing like, hey, you know, the butcher, the local butcher probably is a guy who would want a nice handmade knife. Maybe it's worth going and having a conversation with them and you know, going and talking to people in person is not something that is, you know, crazy to do anymore. I hate talking to people. So, oh, me too, you know, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of like cold calls and stuff like that. But yeah. if people have asked me, you know, uh, what I do and then I'll tell them and they'll go, oh, like on Forged in Fire? Oh, and I'll God. be like, uh, yeah. yeah, no, How many times can no, you hear nothing that like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, not that I don't appreciate that, but it, it's like you know that's their common that that's where they draw you know the commonality sure. from. But uh, you know, and then people I get like requests for people to they want me to make them like an axe and you know mm-hmm. all this stuff, and I'm like I don't have a I don't have the tooling for that. So, and I don't really make a ton of knives for for sale. Right. Um, although I could sell. I'm, everything that I make when I put it up, you know, I'm just like, somebody will ask me like, what do you want for that? I'll be like 500 bucks. And they'll be like, okay, I'll do it. And I'm like, ah, it's, I don't want to sell. Like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, uh, and it, it's, you know, I make these knives mostly for gifts. Like, this is what I love doing. You know, I'm making a knife for Dirk because there's sentimentality to it. And I appreciate it. At some point, if I needed the money, I would go and make knives and sell them. Sure. Um, and, but I don't want the pressure. I don't want that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got enough pressure from other yeah. places to make money. So I'm like, you know what? I, I would love to just keep this as a hobby yeah. um, and let all you guys who are making money, make knives do that. Um, and, <laughs> well, and I appreciate sell that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, at some point I'm, I've been thinking about dabbling in doing a production run. And I think that these, these, um, Shop I mean, scalpels. gosh, the shop scalpers. I mean, we need to get those finished, but it's like we could sell a, th- a thousand of those, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and and the uh, the ones I'm doing right now to the farrier rasps for Dirk. Uh, I mean, I probably have 15 people mm-hmm. that would that don't even care. What, like one person said, I don't care what the price is. I want that. Yeah. You know, and I guess to finish the point I was having with the, the butcher story was, um, you know, the thing that I've kind of took away from that um, conversation with them is that, you know, it's so worth just going into, you know, the local butcher or, you know, basically sell your knives at a reasonable cost to the people that will use it all the time. And A, you'll get so much information from those professionals that, you know, you, you will learn just from their, you know, hey, I like it, but could it this, that, or the other. It's a good point. Yeah. Or, you know, how many people do you think now see this beautiful knife in their hand? They're like, oh, shoot, who made that? How much business are you going to get from that? Yeah, like if this butcher was using it at the counter. Exactly. And he makes the handle kind of, you know, like real uh, bright like this one here, the wintergreen one. I think people would get, and then maybe he could uh, do a deal with the butcher where he could leave some business cards. Sure, sure. On the, on the little glass uh, enclosure there, you know, and then when somebody asks about the knives, you say, this is the guy that makes them. Yeah, give him a call. 
but yeah, so I mean, I know whenever I, I if it's after the the start of the year or whenever I make it into this new shop, the first thing I'm going to do is make up a bunch of bottle bottle openers and take them to the uh, bar next door. Yeah, that's a Just great tr- idea. You know, it's those little itty bitty. Yes, you're probably going to spend, you know, a day making a bunch of bottle openers or probably not even a full day. But still, you know, it's it's worth getting getting some of your product into people's hands, A, to get feedback and B, how many other people, if it, if they use it visibly, are you going to impress from, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Let me get a hold of that person. Yeah. And it, it's like a gateway it is. for them to get to know you. And it's it's an excellent sort of introduction into what you're doing, you know. And it, it, yeah, if they, you're giving it to that. them at a reduced price, or you know, bottle openers giving them for free, how much are they going to talk you up? Because oh my gosh, he's such a cool guy. He came in and gave us a bunch of whatever. Yeah, and you got to do something that like uh, tags the either the bar or the town. Too. Oh, of course, of course. You know, like just kind of like make it a like a local thing. It would be it would be super interesting because I think people see it and go. Well, what else does this guy make? You know, can yeah. he can he make hooks? Can he make, you know, knives? Can he do anything? You know, that'll kind of get you sort of plugged into that whole scene. I love it. I love I it, guess, Brian. I, I, I love where thing, this is going. I guess the thing that I was really trying to say trying to say is that, you know, you get into such a mindset, especially when you're first starting out like me, where every time you're in the shop, I'm, I'm always thinking, okay, what am I doing to make money today? What yes. is the thing that I'm progressing my business? Like, what is the so monetary? I, I've got this bill, that bill, that, that I need to buy. You know, I need to make that money. You know, every once in a while, it's it's worth spending half a day or a weekend or something, just making something to make somebody's day and send it off. And, you know, yes, you, it could, you could send it off and they put it in a back shelf and no, you get no business out of it. Or more likely, you know, you're going to get some a little bit of, you know, gratitude back out of that. So, you know, karma is a really great thing. You know, sending out a free little gift like that is good karma. Breaking into somebody's shop and stealing their first dollar is another type of karma. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. These are all good things. You're absolutely right. And I think that... Maybe I'm just waxing a little bit uh, philosophical because, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, this bastard that stole my shit. And I've been thinking yeah, about that type of it. stuff lately. But yeah, you're working through know. it. You're working <laughs> through it. Don't don't you know, don't dwell on it too much. But it's you're right. It, it It's like the good things will come and sometimes bad things will come too. you just you gotta roll with the punches. It's like all how you react to it, you know, and, and how you handle it. But uh yeah, man, I'm all about I'm all about what you're saying when you when you bring up <clears throat> the concept of like for instance today I was feeling a little like I don't know why but I've been just feeling like a little bit uh, I've been dealing with some burnout and I, I haven't had a lot of time to just make stuff so been doing this work on the knives for Dirk has like really it reignited my creative sort of um, side to me. And I love it and I'm having a great time. However, I'm being pulled away by other things, you know, that I have to do that. I, you know, these are responsibilities that I have and I can't I can't walk away from them. Um, so I get a little like uh, I'm bummed out. So today I was like, you know what, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to do like half a day creative stuff and then I'm going to do the other half. I'm going to pack, you know, gear and get things shipped and whatever else um, I have obligations. And so, um, you know, when I started thinking about the process 
of splitting my day in half, I had I had to kind of think like, well, I'm not going to make that money today, you know. But this is a beneficial thing for me. Like, it's very necessary that I take a little vacation from the things that I've been doing because I'm really not doing, I'm not taking much downtime at all. So, you know, yeah, 50-50 kind of thing. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So, real quick, I want to go back into Work for it Projects. Uh, it Azura, It Azura Maker on the island of Maui. Have you seen this glow-in-the-dark Oh, the the knuckle is, duster are, it looks like, maybe? Is that what those are? So I'm trying to... Okay, you have to educate me. So I see these all over the place now because I'm I'm following him and I and there's a a whole community of people that make these uh, now, things. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I think it's the idea of not having a full brass knuckle, but having a single finger... Okay. I don't know if there's That's some what sort I of law to. that you're getting around, or maybe it's just yeah. a little art piece. I don't know. Don't don't take my word. Like I could be I'm completely off in the wrong direction. It it he tags it with like beads, and then there's this. Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what it's for. <laughs> I'm, what, I'm not what like... <laughs> you're what you're assuming. I'm assuming right. uh, it's because that's what it looks like. But like, just like as pocket protection, if you needed it, kind sure. of thing. Um, you know, it's not a knife. Hope you never have to use it. But hope it'd be you never good have to have. use it. Exactly, exactly. So, but his work is insane. And uh, he messaged me when I started following him because I started following him. He's like Brian House, holy shit! Oh my god! And I was like, well, dude, you tag work for projects, of course. I'm gonna <laughs> follow you now, and I have to see your work. And you're in Hawaii, which is cool as shit. Uh, and, and, um, his work is amazing. He's always using a lathe. So he's doing like really interesting, cool stuff. Then things that are a little bit outside of the scope of the normality of what I see on social media. So I really liked it. So we had a nice conversation and I told him, Hey, listen to the next episode of the podcast because I shout you out. And just like I shouted him out, I'll shout you out. If you hashtag WFI projects on Instagram and we'll talk about your work right here on the podcast. And it yeah, does get you followers. It does get you business. Trust me. Dude, this that. it deserve a maker. If you are listening, please reach out. I want to make knives with that stuff as my liners. That glow in the what, dark that glow stuff. in the dark stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. I think that's it's, gorgeous. Isn't that epoxy or something? Isn't I don't like know, a, but I want I'm it. Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super cool. And it's really bright. I mean, oh, super bright. It almost yeah. looks like there's some sort of an led light in it somewhere. That's crazy. It does, and maybe maybe there is an LED light, but we just don't see it. Man, but, uh, I think it's just glow in the dark epoxy. That's but, uh, crazy. Moonshine Leather World Works. Moonshine mm. Leather Works uh, did some really uh, a really cool sheath, uh, made in America, handmade. Even though this customer's knife isn't expensive, it's damn sharp and a trusted user. So it deserves a nice home that will only get better with use. So he made a really nice sheet. So check out Moonshine Leatherworks on Instagram. All one word. Yeah, I've got another one from uh, Bald Man Knife and Tool. Um, it looks like he's working on some large chopper on the TR Maker bevel jig. You don't have any yeah. sort of, uh, you know, you've never used one of those, have you, Brian? The TR Maker bevel jig, yeah, yeah, no, I have one. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, me no, too. They're I, great. I get, yeah, no, you have the same one I have, and uh, I love. Do you have the file guide? Yes, I do. Okay, so that's like kind of a game changer. Absolutely. He runs out of those a lot, so like yes. when you buy that that device, it doesn't come with it. I thought right. initially it did, 
TR Maker sponsors me, so he sends me like pretty much everything oh, he, he makes. And I'm not just saying this. There's certain things I like of his, and there's certain things I dislike. So I, you know, I'm I'm very like, don't buy that, but buy this kind of thing. I right. I, I talk about it, um, but a majority of the gear that he puts out is fantastic. The knife, the knife jig is I use that almost every day. Um, yeah. I still grind with the knife jig to get my primary bevels put in. Absolutely. Um, it's just a, so much quicker. I can do it faster with the knife jig and with the revolution. Uh, even on the broadback, you get a huge work table. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can, you know, put that thing on it and you can swipe all the way over left and all the way over right. And the, the bevel jig does not come off of the work rest. Absolutely. So that's, important that's people go why'd you make your work rest so big it's like if you've ever used a jig you need it yeah i i made a um 10 inch i i forget if he was using it what he was using it for some sort of like a barbecue knife it was the large longest knife i've ever made but even like this last couple i've I've made nine inch knives and stuff like that you know grinding with that that uh 10 inch knife i i didn't have a problem with it on the small version of his bevel jig which is crazy. Yep. It's great. Yeah. And then yeah, I went great. ahead and also purchased the, he, he made like a little, like little add on where, you know, you know, the little connectors where you, where you connect the file guide to the bevel jig. Um, yes. You can also buy like another set of that. So you have one set up on either side. Okay. So you don't have See, to disassemble it, that every time. So yeah. was, every single time I was switching back I and forth, I was disassembling that whole thing and switching it over to the other side. And you know, it takes a minute, but you know, now, now you don't have to do that, man. That's such a good idea. I need another one. I mean, I can make one pretty easy. I mean, it's oh, just sure, sure. a piece of sheet steel with, with holes in it, but yeah, no, that's amazing. It's perfect. It's an awesome piece of gear. He just sent me his, uh, sharpening system. Oh yeah. The, it's like, uh, like the, all of them you see out there where, uh, you clamp your knife into it and it's got spring loaded so you can turn it around and it's got, mm-hmm. it's basically like a, like a file guide, mm-hmm. um, uh, type deal. He just sent me that it's still in a box comes nice. all the way from Turkey in like two or three days. Right. That's uh, the, that's the part that I, I ship blows your mind, right? in Michigan to another place in Michigan. And it took like seven days and yeah, yet oh, definitely. he can get it from Turkey all the way over here to three days. It's crazy. He definitely can. And, and does, I mean, the guy, the guy is he has a shipping game down, which I really like. And he, and he also doesn't list things unless he has them actually physically has them. So like, you know, when you see a listing, you know, like, Hey, he's got that in stock. So, uh, for the most part, I know there's been mistakes, but he's 99% of the way there. So for sure. All right. So go ahead. Um, I guess changing gears for a minute. Um, one of the things that I have been working incredibly hard on is getting my YouTube game up. So um, I know I talked about it a little bit on the last one, but I'm, you know, I released this collaboration with Ben, which I think he's going to go ahead and drop his side of the collaboration either today or tomorrow or coming up. Um, I've pretty much have it to the point where I'm going to be able to drop a YouTube video every single week for the next couple months. All right. Well, that's insane. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? Making us um, all look bad, but okay, go ahead. Um, so not all of them are super high, you know. I the the next couple like the the collaboration I had with Ben is with Kyle, you know, Kyle's videography. 
this one that I have coming out this weekend is on a premium fillet knife. So it's Damascus steel, uh, hybrid wood handle, epoxy wood handle, the, the whole like the one I made for my grandpa was Damascus and, and, um, hardwood. I, I think that was an ironwood. If, if I remember correctly, it was like almost a year and a year and a half ago. No, it was a year ago. Excuse me. Well, that was like the, the first flay knife I made. Now I've made probably 10 or 12 of them. So now this is like, kind of like, you see the evolution from the one I made for my grandpa to the one I just made. It's, you know, head and shoulders better, better. I mean, not to toot my own horn. I hate doing that, but it, it's kind of cool to see them back, back to back, you know, seeing the progression of a year ago to what I can make now. So that'll, that'll be dropping here on Saturday. Every knife you make, you're going to make the next one will be better. I mean, of it's course, just the way course. it is. Yeah, of course. But it is fun to see the difference, you know, right. to look back and kind of like switch it up and see like, this is where I was, my skill level was, you know, two years ago or whatever. So yeah, no doubt. That's great. Great but job, yeah. Brian. So I'm so, I'm super excited to like, you know, have, you know, regular, basically being able to drop a video every week or, you know, Every, it, it was every other week, and then I had a big span where I didn't drop anything in like two months just because I couldn't film or Kyle couldn't film. He got super busy. I was pretty busy. But now we've got it down to where, you know, he's he's making videos with me, and then I'm also making videos on my own, which is basically I'm going to be dropping a large high-production video every other week and then filling in in between with, you know, just quick little, you know, three to five minute videos on a process or making a little project here or there. But I kind of feel like I finally have like, I'm, I'm on top of my YouTube game <laughs> and it's, Sounds it's hard like to it. say that because, you know, I'm, I'm just barely, I think I'm like a couple, I'm a couple subscribers away from 600, but you know, I'm kind of hoping that if I stay, you know, on top of it, like I am, you know, I might be able to grow that a little bit more, but for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, so if you're listening to this, uh, then you should go and find B cone knives, cone spelled K O H N, uh, knives and, uh, go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's great content. It's great stuff to just like binge watch and you can follow <laughs> along with, with Brian's uh, process and the things that he makes. Um, I really like your channel. I think it deserves more views, but I totally get it when you're starting out. It's just, it's hard. I mean, you know, it, Dude. you don't get the views. It's just, it's the way it is. That feels so good coming from you because like before I even thought about you making YouTube videos, I was watching your stuff. So it just feels so good to be getting that type of a compliment from a guy like you. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Every video you make, just like your knives gets better. So it's, <laughs> that's it's the other fantastic. thing where, you know, I, I dropped a video about two weeks ago making that flay knife for my grandpa for Christmas last Christmas. And it's like watching back to it. I look so awkward on camera. I'm not, you know, I'm not quite as fluent. You know, I'm not stopping every every so often to kind of try to talk to the camera and, you know, like, hey, this is what I'm doing or this, that and the other where it's like I go from that to this fillet knife where I'm making almost the exact same knife and it's like oh that's that's what a YouTube video should kind of sound like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you, as you watch more YouTube and you see what other people are doing and you get inspired by what they're up to and you also notice like hey it makes sense to describe what you're up to. Right. Um, there's a couple of makers out there that do this thing where they like stand in front of the camera and they <laughs> talk 
like right in the beginning of the of the video. Yep. And then then later in the video, they show the process, which I think while they're talking, they should just B-roll the actual work over it. And it would like that. I think they would get more views and more subscribers if they did that. Um, you know, and I learned to do that a long time ago was, you know, every time I'm talking about something, I'll go back and I'll shoot B-roll based upon that. Right. Or sometimes I'll shoot the B-roll first and then I'll talk about it at the end and then edit my narration into it. And it just it just holds the viewer. You know, it just they're, they're just not going to stand there and watch me, you know. Uh, chew the fat you know they want they want to see the work you know they no, want to see it done i totally agree though that um i i've gotten a lot of my cues from you you know having the very beginning of the video of you face front talking to the camera hey this is who i am this is what i'm gonna do and then getting into it i just like the way that that looks and it just it feels like hey this is me like you're you're watching me make it and i'm like hey you know, I'm getting my face in front For of the sure. camera a little bit. It just feels like, hey, you know, this is more of like a person-to-person interaction, not just something that some some guy made on a YouTube video. It, I, I just like the way that that looks a lot better. And, you know, I, you do that, and obviously I watch a lot of your stuff, so I've definitely taken that from you a little bit. But the big thing is um, Tyre- Tyrell Knifeworks reached out to me and gave me like a, a big list of pros and cons of what I'm doing well and things I need to work on. And um, I am so grateful with that because um, right after I did that or watched that, I started working on this flay knife that's about to come out. And I've made a lot of the changes that he said that would do very well on camera. And um, I can very much see just from just from his, you know, little tidbits of try this, shorten it up there, you know, try to talk a little bit more while things are going on. Um, you can very much see that happen immediately on the next video. So, you know, it might not be perfect quite yet. I've shot a couple of videos since then, and I think I'm getting a little bit better each time. But again, thank you so much um, for reaching out and, you know, giving me those. The I think you started the the email with, hey, this is tough love, but, you know, this is this is something that you probably want to know if you're okay with me, me uh, letting you know what you're doing wrong. And I appreciate that tough love because that's how you learn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Some people don't take criticism that well. In fact, most people don't. So that's why people don't do it. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that will criticize your work that you don't know. You know, they, Especially on YouTube. I don't know if you've noticed that, but uh, people people love to tell you that you suck. And then, um, but you know, the, the, yeah, Dennis is freaking top of the notch dude. Like I hung out with him at blade show, uh, and this, like, this is b- like before he, he's just had tremendous growth. He corrected me, by the way, because I mentioned that he doubled his subscribers. He quadrupled it. Right. <laughs> like to 40,000 some uh, subscribers, uh, which is huge, like huge growth for, for YouTube. And it's because consistency, solid craftsmanship, and also um, he's just easy to watch. I mean, you, you can you can listen to what he's saying and you know he he is the real deal. Right. You know, he makes stuff and he has been making stuff for a long time. He's genuine. And he's very genuine and he genuinely cares about these projects and putting these videos out. So, uh Dennis Tyrell Tyrell Knifeworks, you should go out and find him everywhere, Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Um solid dude. Um not, and I'm saying this from 
meeting him and hanging out with him that he is just a all around awesome guy. So yeah, if you're going to take criticism from anybody, it's that guy. So, oh, and that's the thing is, is it was all constructive criticism. It was never a, Hey, you should, I can't even come up with something, but yeah, yeah. I love that constructive criticism, criticism because you're learning from it. It's, it's not, it's not telling you, you suck and to tear you down. It's telling you, you suck. And this is how you can get better. Uh, Brian, you're kind of <laughs> looking a little bit like uh, Santa Claus in this one shot. Could you just not look like Santa Claus anymore? It's distracting. I think you're going to start throwing gifts. Where are the elves? We don't know. <laughs> Speaking of, I did just start working out with my videographer last night. So we're we're uh, trying to make some life changes over here. So I'm all about no it. No kidding. Yeah, all man. Right. I like I'm this. In uh, I'm in it to win. I've lost 12 pounds in the last two and a half months. I've been Damn, in- bud. Look yeah. at you. Yeah, and and twelve pounds for me is a lot because I'm like my frame is kind of light. Like I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm still overweight. Trust me when I say this. I need to lose more. But I I've been doing smoothies and salads, and it. I'll tell you, the weight loss game is all about caloric intake. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but if you just reduce your calories, you just really yeah. like eat whole foods, reduce your meat intake, stuff like that. You're, you're, the weight just, especially it's like you're on your feet all the time. Like I am, it just mm-hmm. falls off of you. You know, the weight really burns off. Yeah. Um, back in high school or at, back in high school, I was a wrestler. And of course I would, I would finish football season right around, you know, 220, 225. And then in a month I'd be at 189 for alpha weigh-ins. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, you, I, I've all I've been in that game for a long, like cutting weight and working out. There, for me, there's no like, there's no like going fifty percent to just kind of do well. It's either I'm not working out, which is what I've been doing for way too damn long, or I'm in it a hundred percent. So <laughs> I'm well, kind of excited. I'm kind of excited to kind of get back into it and kind of feel a little bit better about myself and. You know, I don't know. It's all healthy, right? I I agree. Uh, you look good to me. I mean, I personally don't think, you know, I, I don't look at you like that, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, I see you. I mean, yeah. whatever. But uh, I get it. When you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, it affects everything. You want to, yeah. you want to feel good and look good. Real quick. Want to get back into work for projects? Oh, we're getting Sorry. An hour, <laughs> we're getting down to an hour and a half here, believe it or not. And, oh my gosh. Um, so do you remember the conversation last week where we were discussing um, a, a pronunciation of a certain person's name and we were yes. thinking that, okay, so he heard the podcast and Uh-oh. then messaged me, actually took a video of himself uh, pronouncing his name. So it's, it's Brigham, Bri- I, I'm no, I'm going to mess this up. <laughs> it's, it's, so he spelled it out phonetically, Brigham Kindell. So Fader Brigham was correct. Kindell. Brigham Kindell. So, yeah, Fader was correct. Bring him, bring him. I still want to say bring him, but Brigham Kindell is his name. So, see, I thought Very it was going to be uh, Mike or Hawk or, or what, what was K, <laughs> K Hawk Knives? Dude, it, K, K Hawk. I, I, I feel bad saying it, but if you're listening, please do the same thing that Brigham Kindell because I'm going to try to pronounce that correctly now. You know, do the same thing. Maybe <laughs> send us a video. I th- of you didn't saying he send it name. phonetically? He said it. Oh yeah, Did the he? video would help. I don't know. Yeah, but the video would definitely. Yeah. Help. And by the way, <laughs> if you're messaging me on work for it or work for it, okay, work for it dot podcast on Instagram. I haven't checked those messages in forever. I looked at it yesterday. 
And I'm like, I got some really nice messages from people and like some that were like really kind of time sensitive. I feel like a huge asshole. So I'm sorry. I didn't read them. I have a really hard time bouncing between three different Instagram accounts. I don't know why I did this to myself. I already knew (laughs) that this was going to happen, but we have to have a separate, you know, podcast Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, message me at house underscore underscore work. That will definitely get to me. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you want a message to work for a podcast, I'm the only one that has access to that account and I never check it. So (laughs) just be aware. Because I get messages from all corners of the earth through four different social media platforms. And it's really hard to, you know, like Facebook is like, I wake up in the morning, I'll have 20 some odd messages on Facebook. I'll have 20 some odd messages on Instagram. And then you do that times three different accounts. Right. It's tough. Yeah, you can spend a whole morning just trying to get back to people. I totally get that. But while I have everybody in the messaging mood, I have a birthday present I want from our followers. I need new music to work out to. I have the same workout re- like music from when I was back in high school. So like Rage Against the Machine, uh, Beastie Boys, uh, just kind of like I've I've got really old workout music that I have you know a little playlist of. I need fresh music to work out to. So please send me a message of your favorite like pump up music, uh, anything that. When you go down to either if you work out yourself or if you just want something to get you going in the day, I need an entire list of that to listen to because I'm I'm getting super bored. <laughs> just the I, one I listen workout. to. Let me tell you, I've been I I don't know why, but uh, I listen to a lot of dubstep, and I used really? to listen to yeah, I used to listen to a lot of what you're talking about, which is like Rage. I've seen Rage live, by the way. Oh. You, can, you can multiple times, <laughs> multiple times. Oh yes, you're killing I, me, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Empire the 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 Empire tour. Yep. Um, uh, and the the one before it, I uh, can't remember the name of the album. But anyway, uh, so. Any long story short is I used to listen to a lot of that stuff. And now music, in my opinion, there's not a lot of really good shit coming out anymore. It just seems because I'm old and I'm like, oh, it's not Nirvana. It's not, right. you know, Rage Against Machine. And we got super spoiled with like 90s yeah. um, alternative rock. Um, I have been listening to a lot of dubstep and now doing curating these Spotify playlists. And I'll share them with you because there's one in particular called Death Pact. Which Hell is yeah. just like it's really good. It's like oh, so. My, it's like if you could imagine. It's like it's like uh, '80s dubstep meets like Rage Against the Machine meets Ooh. like you're speaking it, my language. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's super interesting stuff. I have never heard before. Weird sounds like a lot of like really cool. Um, they mix in like movie tr- soundtrack stuff. It's okay. it's like really good. Uh, I'll send that to you so you can, you can check it out. And then oh, also yeah. an oldie, but goodie to work, work out to is, is Daft Punk. Oh, sure. I mean, sure. You know, that's, but that's still kind of probably in your playlist from, you know, right. You know, the early two thousands, but yeah, it's like, you you got to have the right kind of music to work out and podcasts. Don't, don't cut the mustard. No. Unless you're, run, unless you're I, running on a treadmill or something. I was listening to the Hustle and Grind podcast when I was working out last night. And, of course, it's fun listening to the guys. But, you know, you want something to get your pulse running. You know, it's yeah. it's it's just not what you're looking for. You need I that listen energy. to podcasts when I'm driving or working in the or shop. Working. Yeah. 
and I can't stand listening to music while I'm grinding for some reason. It's just something something about it. I don't know if if there's just something. Of, I actually I can tell you why why I don't because you know I I have a musical background. I I tend to try to keep tempo like just little things whether I'm tapping my foot or you know doing like moving my hands rhythmically. I was grinding on a knife. I think when I first got my broadback and I was listening to something very rhythmic. And I was like tapping my foot and I, every single time I pulled up the knife, I was like, there's this weird little like dip right there in the middle. What the hell's wrong? What's going on here? Why is there this little wave going through there? And I, like, I realized stupidly that I was tapping my foot or I was moving my, <laughs> like, <laughs> how stupid is that? So I, I specifically only listen to spoken word or books or stuff like that where, you know, it, I, I can't listen to anything rhythmic when I'm grinding just for that reason. But how how goofy, like how dumb can you be? I don't know, man. <laughs> You're definitely goofy. I'll give you that. I, I, <laughs> but I, I'm with you. I have to, I'm the same way. Like I, there's certain times where like if you had a camera into my studio and I'm working, like I'm halfway dancing while I'm like oh, I'm sure. grinding on stuff because it's just that good. So Anyway, Brian, I'm gonna call that. That's a show. We gotta get. I gotta get out of here. I got a bunch of stuff I gotta do. I gotta edit this podcast, and I gotta put it up online. And then I'm gonna try to. Um, I'm gonna real quick try to heat treat some knives before I leave today. But um, um, I, hey, listen, I appreciate you. And if you're wondering where Ben is, he had a busy day today. He had some stuff going on, and you know he he just could not make the show. Ben, we miss you. We appreciate you, buddy. We can't wait to have you back on the show again. Oh, shoot. Um, do you have a dad joke, real quick? I'll I'll warm up. I, I was gonna say you were you were talking about uh, the um, uh, the the musical. Uh, uh, talent uh, thing that you had and i was going to ask you is it is it all trombone or do you play any other instruments no i was just trying i mean my my family when i was growing up had a music store cones music store oh, so growing no up kidding. i was playing piano i would, I would basically my entire I, I know we're trying to shut down the podcast i could go on for a while on this but Basically, my my childhood, I would go in. And I was like, "Oh, I want to try the saxophone." And I'd go in, grab a saxophone, and play on that for a little bit, and and it's not for me. I'd grab a guitar and I'd go strum on a guitar for a while, and and it's not for me. My dad played trombone, so of course, growing up, he would wake us up with the trombone if we didn't immediately get up. <laughs> so, so I I have this deep connection. I I don't know why, but I I love the trombone, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's where my, uh, my, my musical skills is like 95% in trombone. I did a little bit of singing in high school and a little bit in college, but you know, that, that fell by the wayside. If you're, if you don't keep singing, your voice goes away so quick. So yeah, that's my quick two cents in uh, the musical. Right. On. But yeah, tell, right. tell a dad joke and I will try to play the want, 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 want without warming up. All right. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. What happens when a frog illegally parks his car what happens it gets towed hell yeah also i don't know if you heard about this but i started a a band with my buddies it's called (laughs) duvet yeah you heard this what kind of band is that it's a cover band (laughs) <laughs> i uh i i posted that to facebook and i and i tagged craig craig lockwood in it because he's he's in a cover, he's in a cover band, band right and he, he responded with i wish i would have thought of that that's a great name it's <laughs> a great name of a band that's so awesome. anyway 
All right, everybody, thank you so much for supporting our work. If you're doing so on Patreon, you can go out to patreon.com forward slash work for it. For as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, which is the price of a burrito, you can support everything we do right here on this podcast. And if you just listen to us or if you just send us dad jokes, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, you know, tag work for it projects, whatever it might be, you're supporting us that way too. And we yeah, truly yeah. appreciate you. So thank you so much. And I hope you guys are all working for it this week. Enjoy the short week. My name is Brian House, and this has been the Work For It Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Adios, adios. See you guys. Adios. I'm going to do better. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.